So I replied in words slow down Now this is how the music goes round I'll go through here The music goes round and round Oh, when it comes up here Then I push the first bell down The music goes down and round Oh, when it comes up here Hi there, it's 78 Man here again and this is my seventh podcast. This time I'm going to be playing a selection of comic sketches and monologues on 78. As still happens today, comedians of the time would record their stage acts for people to buy on record. A lot of these, I guess, possibly haven't aged very well. Some of them aren't that funny still these days, but they're interesting to listen to. This one is by John Henry himself and was released in 1923 on the Regal label. It's called John Henry's Wireless Elephant. Now, I just want to state that the next time there's any experimenting to be done with elephants, I shall not be present when the people who were helping to move the wash ant stand from my chest asked if the experiment had succeeded. I said it had, as far as it had gone. I said this sarcastic. The trouble all started when I read that the elephant was the most intelligent of all quadrupeds, and I thought I'd experiment to see if it obey orders given by wireless. Of course, I hadn't an elephant, but I went to the zoo, and a gentleman there asked what I wanted. I said, I want to borrow an elephant. He said, what for? I said, the sacred cause of science. He said, what's your name? I said, John Henry. He said, I've heard of you, so I'll lend you an elephant. He's trampled two men to death already, and he told the keeper to bring forth Percy. Percy was a tall elephant, and he had cloth ears, and his skin didn't fit very well, and his tail looked as if it sat on it and driven it into his system a few joints. But he looked benevolent, so I said... Come on, Percy, and we started for home. They wouldn't let me take Percy on the tram, so we had to walk, and we were both very much admired. Now, my flat's on the top floor, and I had a bit of bother getting Percy up there, and anyhow, they couldn't blame me for the walls because they always were weak. But I blamed Percy for my door. That was his fault. He ought to have breathed in a bit. Still, he was up there, so I started the experiment. I only have a crystal set, so I put the earpieces on Percy and went to give the first word of command. That was, lie down. And I'll give Percy credit, he did lie down. But I can never forgive the woman who lived underneath. As I told her, I wasn't responsible for the floor being weak, and if she'd been in the bed when Percy fell on it, she'd have had something to grumble at. And while she was talking, her floor gave way too, and we all went through into the basement. And the last I saw of Percy, he was sprinting towards the setting sun with my earpieces on, and the old lady's bedstead dangling coquettishly from his shoulders. And as I sit here, with my proud bosom all torn with anguish and elephant bites, I can't help a feeling towards elephants that amounts almost to disgust. <laughs> 
John Henry himself there. A lot of these comedy sketches were over two sides of a record, and that's the case with the next one that we're playing. We've joined parts one and two together, and this is Mrs. Iggins and the Plumber. There was a series of Mrs. Iggins records, and they were by Fred Beck and Frank Buck and Company. This one is from 1931. Good morning. Is this Mrs. Iggins's? Yes, that's right. Well, I'm a plumber. I've come to see your old geezer. Our old geezer? Oh, Mum, is a man here wants to see you. All right, I'm coming. Wait a minute. I've just put a lid on the second kidney pudding. Now then, young man, what did you say? I said I'd come to see the old geezer. Look here, who are you calling a geezer? I'd have you know I'm a respectable married woman with the marriage lines and five children, and they're in the tea caddy this minute. I won't stand here being insulated by the likes of you. You're making a mistake, Mrs. Higgins. I said nothing wrong. I only said... Of course you did. You insulated me on my own doorstep. Mrs. Higgins, I assure you... I don't wish you to insure me. If you're the man from the Prudential, let me tell you... I'm not the man from the Prudential. I'm a plumber. Oh, you're a plumber. Well, why didn't you say so, instead of standing there with your mouth shut talking nonsense? What do you want? Well, the landlord sent me to do some repairs in your bathroom. Well, you can't go in my bathroom. Why not? Because there's somebody in the bath. It's my gentleman lodger. Well, then, I'll have to wait till he's finished his bath. He isn't having a bath. Well, then, what's he doing in the bath? He sleeps there. Well, Mrs. Higgins, if I don't do the job this morning, it might never get done. We're very busy, you know. Oh, well, I'll send up word. Pansy? Yes, ma'am? Run upstairs and tell Mr. Spongebag he's got to get up. Tell him it's opening time. That will rouse him. All right, ma'am. And listen, young man, I hope you won't be long on the job because I shall be wanting that bath myself soon. <laughs> Practising for swimming the channel, eh, Mrs. Higgins? <laughs> no, I don't wish none of your sarcastical remarks. If I says I want my own bath, I want it. I'm not going to give me wise and me wherefore to a bandy-legged, boss-eyed, pipe-sucking plumber. Here, draw it mild, Mrs. Higgins, draw it mild. You know, you can't talk to me same as if I was one of your kids. No, Mr. Plummer, and you can't talk to me same as if I was one of your wash basins. Can't you stand a joke, Mrs. Higgins? Of course I can stand a joke. Haven't I stood one for the last 25 years in the shape of my old man? But what you said wasn't a joke. It was a jibe, and jibes I will not have. You remind me of my friend Mrs. Harris next door, the back-biting cat. She says one thing, means two, and then laughs in your face behind your back. Mom! Mr. Spongebag says it's all right. The gentleman can come up. Oh, it isn't a gentleman, it's a plumber. You'll find the bathroom upstairs on your left, young man. Just past the room where we've chopped the door off. Right you are, Mrs. Higgins. I'll go up. Just see what there is to do. <laughs> yes, and don't forget what I told you. I shall be wanting myself soon. And when I want it, I shall come in whether you're there or not. <laughs> well, in that case, Mrs. Higgins, I shall take a long time over the job. <laughs> you saucy out. <laughs> you would. <laughs> You're a plumber. <laughs> Whatever is that plumber doing of? Pansy, go upstairs and tell him he's shaking all the plaster into my steak and kidney pudding. Yes, ma'am. Now look at that, Pansy. Tell that cannibal to come down and look what he's done. What's the matter, Mrs. Higgins? What's the matter? You may well ask what's the matter. You've been and shook all the things off me whatnot. What? Not off your whatnot? Yes, off me whatnot. There they are on the floor. My coat of arms china, my seashore shells, my Queen Victoria on her diamond jubilee in a plush frame. Well, I'm sorry if I've done that, Mrs. Higgins. 
But a plumber can't work without hammering, you know. Well, just try and hammer a bit softer. Right you are, Mrs. Higgins. Sorry. Just fancy having a man like that for a husband. Fancy, if ever you get married, be sure you never marry the man while gets his living with an hammer in his hands. One drink too many, and you might click the good... Oh, good gracious. It's enough to take the steak and kidney out of your pudding. Thank goodness he's stopped for a minute. Now, there's someone at the door. I wonder who it can be. Oh, it's you, is it, Mrs. Harris? Good morning. Don't you good morning me, Mrs. Higgins. What's all this here banging going off in your house, I'd like to know? Shook all the pictures off my walls, you have. Well, that's a barefaced lie, Mrs. Harris. Because you ain't even got paper on your walls, let alone pictures. And if you interfered less with other people's houses and looked after your own a bit better, we shouldn't see the sanitary inspector at your door so often. I'll scratch your spine eyes out, you old faggot. I'm no faggot. You keep your uncivilised art and remarks to yourself. If you don't, don't I'll give you an idea. What's all this row about? I can't get on with my work. Oh, so it's you what's been making all the noise, is it? Yes, it's him what's been making the noise, and he's going to make a lot more. You go back to your work, Mr. Plummer, and don't forget, I'm waiting for that there bar. Well, if there's any chance of a good scrap, I'm stopping here. Oh, it's a scrap you want, is it, young man? Oh, no, no, I don't want no scrap, Mrs. Higgins. Then get back your hammering, and think hard on your hammer. And if you can hammer hard enough for this lady's ceiling to drop in, I shall be much obligated to you. Right you are, Mrs. Higgins. And as for you, Mrs. Harris... Far to you. And far to you. Take your foot out of my door. I'll go back to the car. I I'll come in the moment. I'm going to go back to the car. I won't. I'll tell you why. I will. That's settled her. Pictures on the walls. I like that. Why, the only picture on her wall is the big yellow patch where her husband threw the dinner at her. Well, Mrs. Higgins, I'll cut your water off. Now I'm going to dinner. Well, that's a nice thing. First of all, you knocked over me whatnot. Now you cut me water off. You ain't going to leave me like that, are you? What's the good of a bath without any water? All right, all right. I'll be back in a couple of hours. What's the hurry all at once? You're going to have a bath, Mrs. Higgins? Well, it's no business of yours. But I'll tell you. <laughs> you see, it's my birthday. <laughs> I see. So you're going to have the annual, eh? Nothing of the kind. I'm expecting a present from my sister in the country. Oh, What's that got to do with the bar? Well, you see, she's sending me a couple of ducks. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Higgins there, the Miranda Hart of her day, only funny. Next, we go back to 1915, and this is Michael Casey and Casey at the dentist. What's the matter with your Casey? Oh, me boy of the devil's own toothache. Where in me tooth? Yes, oh, last night I didn't wink asleep all night. You know, I was walking up and down and down and up and up and down and down and down. And Why didn't you walk sideways, Casey? Oh, 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 don't be joking. You know, I put caraway seed oil on it and everything. Come in here with me. I'm going to have it pulled out of me. You know, I can't see hardly. What does it say on that sign there? Dr. Pullum... Teeth extracted without pain. Uh, without pain? Ah, oh, that's cheap, I thought. I'd have to pay for it. Well, come inside, anyhow. Come in. Uh, good morning, doctor. Good morning. Is this the dentist's factory? Yes. Do you subtract teeth? Yes. Uh, I have one I'd like to have pulled out to me. All right, sit down. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't want to shave, Doctor, you know. Oh, that's all right. Sit down. Which one is it? I think it's the... What the devil can I speak if you have your fish in me mouth? Is that it? Uh-huh. Ah! Ah! 
Murder, murder, that's the one. Oh, oh, yeah, uh, that's all right now. Keep nice and quiet. Oh, yeah. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Don't play the hose on me, doctor. Don't play the hose on me. That's all right. Just breathe hard. Ah, ah, Murphy, take hold of me hand. Ah, the angels that tickle me feet. Oh, I have funny dreams. Ah, Murphy, take your hand out of me pocket. Ah, uh, ah, uh, 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 I don't care how you spell it. You can pull me tooth, but you can't pull me leg at the same time. Here, put the tooth back in me face. Put it back in me mouth. Oh, oh. Uh, damn, I think he pulled the wrong one, anyhow. Oh, oh, come out of it, Murphy. Come out of it. Oh, come back here. Oh. Oh. That was Michael Casey. Tom Foy was a huge music hall star and made many records. This one is from 1917 on the Zonophone label and it's called Getting My Temper Up. I'm here again. I, uh, this time I'm, I'm getting my temper up. I'll tell you how it is. Uh, I'm working at a shop, as you see, and uh, it's a shop like where they sell everything, manos and stockings and fruit and different things like. Well, the other day there were a fella just come, a, a nice-looking fella and all. And uh, he's a bit smart. Well, in this here shop, the fellow that owns it, he has a, a bonny daughter, like. And she's, uh, I think she's fell in love with this young fellow, what's just come. And uh, to the day, I heard a bit of talk about him falling in love with her, like. But I took no notice, because I like her a bit and all, see. <laughs> so I was a bit surprised this morning. I was busy behind the counter, like. Uh, doing different things like I wasn't serving because we're very seldom doing shop where I work but I was doing some of that I forget now stock taking or some of that anyway this here fella come in and he he, he did look wild and he says uh, good morning I says good morning what does I want in this part of the shop he says uh, I've just uh, popped in I says I will pop out he says, no, he says, I want to have a word with thee. So I says, oh, and what's it about? He says, it's about Alice. I says, aye, well, I'm, I'm too busy to talk to thee about Alice, just to see. So he says, ah, well, never mind thee about being busy. They'll have to talk to me. Now then, listen. It's come to my ears that thou like casting eyes on Alice. Well, I want to tell thee something. From now... I don't want these to speak to her, to follow her about, or even look at her. I said, oh, and uh, who's made these orders like? He says, I have. I said, I. Well, uh, thou can listen to me a minute. I looked at Alice, I followed Alice about, and I spoke to Alice afore thou come, and I'll do the same when they're gone. He says, oh, Oh, when I'm gone, I says, aye, ha-ha, ha-ha, when they're gone. He says, aye, well, I'm not gone yet. I says, no, they'll go soon. 
I says, I'll go out through window in a minute. He says, now then, Tommy, listen. He says, be sensible a minute and listen. I'm in love with Alice. I says, I know, I can see it. And everybody in the shop is talking about it. Everybody knows it. But I'll tell these summers, I'm in love with Alice and all, and nobody knows it, see? And Alice is in love with me, and, and she doesn't know it. <laughs> see? That's the proper way to be in love, see? So he says, what? In love with a face like that? I said, never mind my face. I'll have a funnier shaped face than mine in a minute if that doesn't shut up. And if I come round to counter, I'll show this in a minute, but I'm not coming round. He says, why doesn't I come round? I says, I'm... I'm just waiting to see if I can get my temper up first. <laughs> that was Tom Foy getting his temper up in 1917. We're going to move forward three decades now to 1945, and this is Sid Field, who was a big comedy star in the 1940s. This is another one where we've spliced the two halves together, and it's called Sid Field Plays Golf. Sid! Sid! Yes, all right, I'm coming. You'll get me at some things you do. Golfing now. Well, never mind about that. Come on, can you see your ball anywhere? No, oh, it's gone round here somewhere. You gave it a very good knock, though. Yes, didn't that? Look, here's a girl coming. Ask her. Ah, pardon me, miss. Did you, uh, did you see a ball round here? Yes. <laughs> oh, big help. I don't know what we'd have done without her. However, never mind, Sidney, my boy. I shall have you playing good golf inside a couple of days. What are you talking about me playing good golf inside a couple of days? I was 78 yesterday. Did you? Yes, I'm doing the next hole tomorrow. <laughs> what, isn't that good, then? No, that's terrible. Put another ball down. He said it as though it's nothing at all. They don't grow on trees, you know. These don't. You oh, can't no. pick them. You've <laughs> got to find them. Yes, yes. That's right. Now make the tea. Make the what? Make the tea. I thought you were going to play golf. So we are. Well, what did you talk about making tea for, then? <laughs> no, make the tea with sand. <laughs> oh, I'm not drinking that stuff. What stuff? Tea with sand. Don't be foolhardy. Eh? Tea with sand. More like cocoa. Yes, yes. Very, very comical. Come on. Take your stance. Take your what? Take your stance. Ah, you've got me there. Which one is that, then, out of these? Oh, for heaven's sake, get a stick in your hand. What are you doing that for? What am I doing what oh, for? that business. I'm not supposed to know it is the stance, am I? I'm only learning. No. What a way to talk to people. Get a stick in your hand. Don't you be so belligerent. Oh, hark at me. Yes, yes. All right, come on. Let's go. Oh, all right, I'm not bothered. If you want to pack it up, it makes no difference to me. Here, where are you going? Well, I'm going home. No, no, come back. What then? Take your stance. I've got it here. You've just given it to me. All right, then. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go! Well, come on, then! Oh, I don't want to mess about with you. If you don't want to show me how to play, say so in a straightforward manner, as man to man. Try and lead me up the garden. I know my whereabouts. Yes, I know. I go home by myself. I can go on the bus. I know the number even. Sidney Field, will you stop being a twerp and come back? Well, what do you keep saying let's go for, then? Well, can't you understand? When I say let's go, I don't mean let's go. I mean stop here and let's go. Oh. Listen, when you say let's go... Yes? You don't mean let's go. No. You mean stop here and let's go. Yes. Oh, I can't without ricking myself. Oh, for heaven's sake. I mean let's start to play. Oh, I see. Oh, well, I wonder what you meant. Well, what, uh, what do we do with this bag? Oh. What do you think you do with a bag? I'm asking you a civil answer. What do I do with the bag? And what would you like to do with uh, the bag? Get it out of the way. I'm just about sick and tired of the whole thing. What are you going raving mad for? Well, I've never struck anything like this. Oh, I've never bothered about the thought it was going to be like this. Come out and have a little bit of pleasure. He says, I'll show you how to play golf. Do your nerves good. Hmm. What a thing. I've never known you to be like. I can't understand what's come over you, Humphrey. 
You're not like this when we're painting together. No. Surely you get the same result by being nice and kind. Mm -hmm. When I ask you what I have to do, you could just as easily say, you put the bag down, Sidney. All right, Sidney. Take your stand. I've got it here. Oh, skip it, skip it. What are you jumping over the ball for? Well, you said skip it. No, no, get behind your ball. Behind your ball! Yes, behind all the way round. I don't know where to get. Watch your performance. Dear, oh dear. Now, Sidney, are you or are you not going to play golf? No, oh, I do wish I'd never come. So do I. I, I could have gone and had my music lesson with Miss Bollinger. A great pity you didn't. It is a great pity. Yes. Miss Bollinger's kind. She might be kind, but she can't play golf. No, but she can play the piano and the flute. Yeah. And who wants to play the piano and the flute? <laughs> Miss Bollinger? No. Never mind, Miss Bollinger. You're going to play golf, understand? G-O-L-F, golf. Now, follow me. Where are you going? Oh, I'm not going anywhere. Well, what did you say for me? I'm going to stop here, and you're going to stop there. And follow me. Oh, I can't. It's getting worse. Now, get hold of your club and do just as I do. Are you ready? Now, back. Back. Slowly back. Slowly back. Now, hit it. I'll never hit it from here. From where? Oh, what are you doing back there? Because you've just said slowly back. You must have said it. Otherwise, I'd never move. Oh, what am I doing back here? You never said it. Dear, you daft, stupid thing. When I say slowly back, I don't mean slowly back. I mean slowly back. That's the finish. That's the end of everything. Listen, please. What? When you say slowly back. Yes. You don't mean slowly back. No. You mean slowly back. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> you silly. You should have said. <laughs> Uh, never mind, Sidney. Don't be discouraged. Try again. Again? I've never had a go at it yet, have I? Go on, hit it. Oh, oh wait a minute. There's a girl coming. Well, darling, as I was saying, you'll be absolutely thrilled to bits when you see it, because it really is not... Well, that's the fourth ball I've found today. How silly of people to leave them lying about like that. I mean, you think people take more care. They're, um, <laughs> they're not supposed to do that, are they? You're quite right, they're not. Never mind. Put another ball down. Very well, then. Now, look, if you hold the club... No, don't you say anything at all this time. All right. Get, get out of it! What are you talking about get out of it for? Send the people to get out of the way. You can't talk to people like that on a golf course, you idiot. If you must know, there's a right way and a wrong way to talk to people. A nice word to use. Well, this is what you do. You shout, Oh! Uh, say, say what? You shout, Oh! Charm, he said, uh, Get out of it! <sighs> now, oh. look. Now, go on. Try and hit it this yes, time. Let me have a go by myself. Yes, go on, then. Get it! Oh, no. Right. Now, you missed it. Yes, I know. Mind, I might knock it that way. Oh. No, relax, relax. No, not all over me, you chump. Go on, belt it. Not with your cricket belt. Well, then. Get down to it. Get up. What are you saying get down to it for, then? I mean stand up and get down to it. Oh, I can't. That's it. The finish of everything. I'm going home. I'm going home. Come here, Sidney. It's no use at all. You'll never be a golfer. You take the game much too seriously. Well, what a thing to say. Yes, you'll be all right when we get to the 19th. The 19th? Yes. Well, I thought you said there were only 18 holes on the golf course. So there are. Well, what are you talking about the 19th for? The 19th is the clubhouse. That's where we get a drink. Oh, and I've been messing about here, learning to play golf. Yes. Get out of it! Sidfield and company there. Angela Badley is probably best remembered now for her role as Mrs Bridges in Upstairs Downstairs. But she started her career in the 1920s as an actress and comedian. And in 1928 she made this record with Elle Dugard Peach. And it's called Motoring Without Tears Part 1. Oh Reggie, what a sweet little car. 
until you really teach me to drive in five minutes. Oh, it won't take five minutes, darling. Lots of people on the road haven't been driving nearly as long as that. Oh, really? Can I begin now? Uh, absolutely. Uh, you, you know, you'll find it easier to drive from the front seat. Uh, <laughs> of course. What do I do next? Oh, uh, it's, it's most practically simple. You just press the self-starter and uh, spend your weekends in the country, as it were. I see. This little button, isn't it? <gasps> what is that, Reggie? Uh, what was what, darling? That noise. I don't know. Sounded like someone motoring to me. It's someone behind who wants us to move. What do I do? Uh, keep calm. Uh, keep very calm and, uh, and be frightfully patient with everyone. They're not keeping frightfully patient with me. Oh, Reggie, what do I do? Uh, be, be awfully dignified, darling. Just press the self-starter as though nothing would happen. Oh, there they are again. Oh, Reggie, do something. Reggie! I'm making that noise. Uh, no, 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 really? Oh, oh, perhaps I should have mentioned it, darling. Uh, that, that's the klaxon you're pressing. Oh, which is the self-starter? This one? It looks pretty self-starterish to me. Uh, try it, what? It hasn't started yet. Reggie, what is the matter? Has this car got an engine at all? Uh, one moment, darling. Uh, I look. Switch her on. Uh, what's that? Switch her on. Uh, oh, oh, thanks awfully. Uh, Horace thinks it would start better if we switched it on, darling. Oh, would it, do you think? Uh, well, well, speaking as an expert, I, I should say it might. I, I say she started. Well, it's splendid. And now then, you, you put her in gear, and then but you... How? Oh, oh, that's most frightfully simple. Uh, you just pull that lever. Perhaps I shouldn't have suggested it. Wasn't it right? I, I, I'd rather not talk about it, darling. If but I've mind. got to do it sometime. Reggie. Reggie. It doesn't seem to be doing anything. I dare say it's doing much more than you think, darling. It is a funny noise, isn't it, Reggie? Oh, oh frightfully funny, darling. Most laughable. What did you say, Reggie? I, I said, uh, heaven help our sailors on a night like this, darling. Why? I don't know. It must just have occurred to me. Uh, but, but by the way, did you try pushing out the clutch? No. Is that a good thing to do? Oh, it does tend to decrease the wear and tear, they tell me. Which is it? Uh, that little chap down there. Uh, no, 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 darling. The, the, the foot is yours. Too. Like that? Uh, that's splendid. Now, now pull the gear lever. <laughs> You know you've changed here when you hear that noise, Reggie. Oh, rather, everybody knows. Can we start now? Oh, one moment. Oh, what are you well, doing? I'm just signing on the dotted line, darling. Uh, now then, you ready? Uh, well, off we go. Uh, look out there. I say, look out. We are coming. We are coming. We are coming. And you can hear part two of that in a future programme. Now we're going back to 1922 with Jack Lane, the Yorkshire rustic. This is a record he made for Regal, and it's called My Maggie. How do you do, folks? How you going on? I'm very pleased to see you. I just thought I'd pop in and have a talk to you about that girl of mine, Maggie. You know, Maggie. <laughs> She's a grander. You know, Maggie, that's her name, Maggie, not Moggy. You know what Moggy is, don't you? Moggy's that stuff that your mother makes at bonfire plot night, you know. She makes it out of treacle and oatmeal. No, her name's Maggie, and by gum, she's a grand lass. <laughs> Do you know, she's that money wrinkles in her face, you can't tell which is her mouth. And by go, she has got a mouth on her. Oh, she has got a mouth. You know, every time she opens her mouth, all the think about that there song, don't go down the mine, Daddy. 
Oh, she has got a mouth. Well, I'll tell you, you can have an idea what sort of a mouth she has when I tell you I once took her to a fancy dress ball and we had to walk all the way. Of course, I hadn't got cab fare. And when we got there, she was at the tight. She opened her mouth and yawned and a fella looked at her and said, I know what that woman's coming to the ball as. She's coming as a railway arch. Eh, by gum, you know, some of these times when I kiss her, I shall drop in and they'll never know where I've gone to. I shall never have time to say, tell mother where I've been. And you know, she's a figure too. Eh, by gum, she has got a figure. <laughs> you know, she's that dear fat welt. Fellow that used to court her before me. He said off to walk round her once. Well, he's never been seen since. And you know, it's very awkward when I start to cuddle her. <laughs> I can't put my arm round her waist at all. I, I just put it round as far as I can and... Then make a chalk mark where I left off and I start to play. Eh, but she's a grand lass, I love her. <laughs> you know, we used to go through green fields listening to grass grow and I used to tell her tale, you know, and she says to me, she says, I'd like you to come up to our house and meet my father and my mother. I said, no, let's do a scouting outside. I'm always shy when I get inside the houses where fathers and mothers are. <laughs> eh, she says, you've got to come up. I'm known courting in this wet weather. Well, I went up to their house and I was sat on the couch, you know, and she introduced me to her father and mother, and I was stroking cat, you know, and I said to the mother, I said, by gum, this is a grand cat, mother. She says, I lad, that there cat is one of the best mouses that is in Yorkshire. I said, what do you mean? She says, it's a cop in your mouth. Well, you know, I was watching and there was a mouse run out of oil at the fireplace, and it ran all over the cat and it never touched it. I looked at mother, I said, I thought you said it was a good mouse, she says, it is, lad. There isn't a better than this side of Yorkshire. I said, get away, you lumpy. That there's a mouse here running all over it and it's never touched it. Hey, hey, lad, she says. That's one of us own mice. Wait till a stranger comes in. They'll see exactly the two minutes and there'll be no bother about it either. <laughs> that was Jack Lane. And the last record on the show today is by Hal Jones. This is another one on Regal and it's from 1923. This is actually part two of Canoodling. Part one, the other side, is not a sketch, it's actually a song. No one take it from me that canoes, they're, they're nothing but a trouble to you. They're, they're not canoes. Canoes are a canoesance. They are the slightest move and they begin to wobble and fancy trying to make love to a regular girl in a wobbly canoe. No, if you want to have an exciting time on the river, you have a punt. They're much more comfortable. Me and Lou, we had a lovely day last Sunday. She met me down on Riverside and she'd got one of them knitted dresses on, you know, all round the top of that fancy work. What do they call it? That fancy rocky work. It, it did look lovely, but there didn't seem to be enough of it somehow. You know, it seemed to start nowhere and finish all of a sudden. And she'd brought a parasol with her too. She's very thoughtful like that is my young woman. And, and I had on me boating suit and some that I'd borrowed from Georgie. They were grand. And, and as soon as Lou saw me, she said, Hey, Harry, you do look nice. What's wrong with you? <laughs> She's very thoughtful like that, my young woman. And as we were shaking hands, the boatman brought the punt alongside and he said, Excuse me, sir, but are you taking it out just for an hour of a day? So I said, Mind your own business. What's it got to do with you? Anyhow, I, I took it for a day. We both got in punt and boatman gave us a push off and, and away we went gaily sailing down the river. There was Lou lay out on cushions, gazing up into me blue orbs and 
trail in a dainty little hands in water, and there was me stood up on thunder, pumping for all I was worth. He, I was in a state, I was at... I'd never punted in a punt before I hadn't. First we went over to one side of the river, then we went over to the other. Then me punk pulled off past in a fisherman's tackle side. He did get annoyed with me, the things he called me. You'd have thought he'd known me all his life, you wouldn't. And he'd never seen me before he hadn't. Anyhow, I, I got me punk pull out of his tackle and... Left him to his tackle, and then we got into Middle River, and I couldn't get out again. And <laughs> I ran into one of them big river steamers, you know, them shadow banks on water. As soon as I bumped into the side, a man on go at top, and he said, Hey, you there, you wit girl in pump there, don't you know where you're going to? I said, Of course I do, but I'm not telling everybody. I did, and I'd never seen him before I hadn't. Then we went through a little bridge, and before we got very far, it, it seemed to come all over dark, and we drifted into deep still waters. I did come over sentimental, I did, and, I, and I've never been like that afore I am. There we were, just Lou and me, drifting peacefully along under the moonlight. Lou was sat there quietly trying to think of something to say, and I was sat there frightened to say what I was thinking. Then Lou said, she said, Harry, don't you think we'd better turn back now? So I turned spunk round, and it got into one of them swift tides, and he didn't half take a long way in a short time. The bump dashed along and ran into the side with a bump and shot us both into water. I couldn't help laughing at Lewis. She stood up on bank side. It was the first time I'd ever seen a young woman wet through her for. She just looked like a bunch of water that side up in the middle with a bit of seaweed. That was Hal Jones ending this podcast. Don't forget you can get more info on the records played on the 78man blog at WordPress. You can also search for 78man on Twitter and Facebook. So until next time, this is 78man saying goodbye and keep spinning that shellac.